E is for evidence. That's our letter for today. E on today's STEM A to Z podcast, one of our 10-minute SIP series. And those of you who've been following those, SIP stands for STEM Information Podcast. So make sure and share that with your friends. Just tell them to dial in or to listen to our, on our website at technologyexpresso.net. And that's just a fast and easy way to get to us is to go through the .net. And you can see our podcast. And we're already on the letter E. And we're going to go all the way through the alphabet and then start over and um, have different focuses on science and then technology and engineering. But by using the alphabet. So our word, as I said, for today's evidence. E is for evidence. And evidence, you might say to yourself, okay, I know what evidence is. I use that word all the time. Um, it's uh, common in our language. But you know that I do my homework. I do my research. I'm an analyst. And so I start peeling back to find out, well, what else do we need to know about evidence, this word evidence? And came across a great article and want to uh, acknowledge my resources and reference The article that I'm reading from is called 15 Types of Evidence and How to Use Them. This comes from a website called iSight.com. It's I, the letter I, then a dash, sight.com. So, um, a, a great resource here. And I think that as I was scrolling through and actually educating myself 15 different ways, could you name 15 different types of evidence Um, and some of these might or may or may not be allowed in the court of law you always hear what's inadmissible in the courts Um, and then some are in other investigations they refer to that if you had an HR case or an equal opportunity case some of these types of evidence might be allowed in a hearing that aren't allowed in the court of law but the bottom line is, and, and you'll see as we, we talk about it, um, there's a very important one that we're definitely going to hit upon, especially as it relates to STEM, which is scientific evidence. And out of scientific evidence, um, you'll see the different career path and opportunities if, you, if it piques your interest to go into something like being an investigator. I know a lot of people like watching um CSI, the Criminal Scene Investigation uh, Unit, how interesting and intriguing that is. So researching a crime, piecing things together. And even from a technology perspective now, there's computer forensics, um, getting into the computers and um, finding things that are hidden in the memory of those computers as well as the history of the activities on those computers. So there are a lot of careers that come from finding evidence in order to prove something or disprove something. So let's dig into this. What is um, the 15 types of evidence that are out there? And like I said, just to, to test yourself, you can pause and try to write down, see if you can, how many you can come up with. And then when you resume the recording, see how many you got correct. Okay. 
So evidence comes in many forms, and even if it's not admissible in court, it can still be relevant to a case and provide valuable insight during an investigation. The ability to gather and analyze different types of evidence is one of the most important competencies for anyone who conducts investigations. There are many types of evidence that help the investigator make decisions during a case, even if they aren't direct proof of an event or claim. So if any of you um, like watching the different shows CSI, you see how it helps with process of elimination and deductive reasoning. So even if it's not admissible in court, it still helps them in determining what their next step or what their path is for cracking the case. Okay. The first rule is that evidence must be relevant to the investigation. If it's not directly related to the case, it's irrelevant evidence. That said, there are many types of evidence that, while not admissible in court, can be valuable. Okay, And even some evidence that is not admissible on its own may be admissible in conjunction with other types of evidence. So, our number one is called analogical evidence. While not a kind of evidence you'd use in court, this kind of evidence can be used for increasing credibility by drawing parallels where there isn't enough information to pr prove something. Such as, let's say, if it was a workplace investigation is their example. And just so that you can relate, analogical, think of when you give analogies. You say you give an example of something that is similar. So that's the same thing with this evidence, showing parallels between two different things, two different cases. You'll see that that quite often. Um, so doing your research to find out, has there been a pattern or something similar that you can compare this to? Has there been a precedence? Okay, that's number one. Number two is anecdotal evidence. So anecdotal evidence isn't used in court, but can sometimes help in a workplace investigation to get a better picture of an issue. The biggest problem with this kind of evidence is that it is often cherry-picked to present only anecdotes that support a particular conclusion. Consider it with skepticism and in combination with other more reliable kinds of evidence. So, in and of itself, you can give me an antidote, and some of you may have done this or had someone do this to you in an argument. They give you an antidote of a similar situation, but they're only painting one side of the picture. So, be careful of that one, okay? Character evidence. This is testimony or documentation that is used to help prove that someone acted in a particular way based on their person's on that person's character and you'll hear this all the time that's not his character or that's out of character for him or her while this can't be used to prove that the person's behavior at a certain time was consistent with his or her character it can be used in some places and in some investigation to prove intent or motive or opportunity so if you have a person that doesn't typically lie or doesn't typically steal, um, that is typically a calm person, 
Now you can use that as evidence, as a history or a pattern for that person. But does that mean that that person is incapable of snapping? Trust me, there's enough anecdotal and analogical evidence that people that you wouldn't expect act out of character under certain circumstances or under certain pressure. So that's why you have a combination of the different types of evidence. My next one, circumstantial. Also known as an indirect evidence, this type of evidence is used to infer something based on a series of facts separate from the fact that the argument is trying to prove. So it requires a deduction of facts from other facts that can be proven. While not considered to be strong evidence, it can be relevant in certain types of criminal and workplace investigations. Okay. Um, and, and let me just pause and say, on this website, they even have some investigation templates. Let's say you want to do an investigation. Um, you know, and I love at one of the uh, kids' events sponsored by Biolog, Gladys Bolden, you've heard me talk about her. She did, and she had the young people dress in their lab coats and uh, with their investigation kits. They did an investigation. Now, theirs was fun for the uh, younger group, the five to seven-year-old. They did an investigation on who stole the cookie from the cookie jar. And um, that was, it was very cute. She had the, the stolen cookie, the crumbs, even some fingerprint evidence. They had to do all of that collection and uh, use things like deductive reasoning, inferring. So they may not know these per se, but they already were practicing them. And that's something fun um, that you can do if the parents or teachers are listening. Um, find ways to create your own crime scene and have them do a fun investigation. Now, I've got, I've got, I'm only on number five here. I'm going to speed it up a little bit though. Demonstrative evidence. An object or document is considered to be demonstrative evidence when it directly demonstrates a fact. It's a common and reliable kind of evidence. Examples of this kind of evidence are photographs or videos or audio recordings and charts. And we know that in our society with everyone having a smartphone, we're seeing a lot of demonstrative uh, evidence, okay? Here's my next one, number six, digital evidence. I talked about this in the technical forensic. Digital evidence can be any sort of digital film or electronic source. It can include emails, text messages, instant messages, files and documents extracted from a hard drive, electronic financial transaction, audio files or video files. Digital evidence can be found on any server or device that stores data, including some lesser known sources such as home video game consoles, GPS sport watches, and internet-enabled devices used in home automation. So digital evidence is often found through internet searches using open source intelligence. That's O-S-I-N-T is the abbreviation for open source intelligence. So good word to look up, especially if uh, cybersecurity intrigues you. This is good stuff to know, okay? 
Um, number seven, direct evidence, the most powerful type of evidence. Direct evidence requires no inference. The evidence alone is the proof. Okay. This could be the testimony of a witness who saw firsthand an incident, uh, whatever the investigation might be. Um, if someone has firsthand account was there, then you have direct evidence. Eight, documentary or documentary documented evidence most commonly considered to be written forms of proof such as a letter or will documentation or documentary evidence can also include other types of media such as images video audio recordings now this is really touching this is really testing my uh pronunciation here exculpatory evidence there we go. This type of evidence can exonerate a defendant and in, and in, in a usually uh, this type of evidence can exonerate a defendant in a criminal case. Prosecutors and police are required to disclose to the defendant any exculpatory evidence they find or risk having the case dismissed. So this is a type of evidence that will exonerate. So proof that they couldn't possibly have done the crime. Number 10, forensic evidence. This is scientific evidence such as DNA, trace evidence, fingerprints, or ballistics, which that's, you know, from the shooting of guns, ballistic reports, and can prove, provide proof to establish a person's guilt or innocence. Forensic evidence is generally considered to be strong and reliable evidence alongside helping to convict criminals. Its role in exonerating the, the innocent has been well documented. The term forensic means for the courts. It's used in workplace investigations alike. Okay. So forensic evidence didn't know that and that it stands for, for the court courts, quote unquote. Now, number 11, hearsay evidence. Hearsay evidence consists of statements made by witnesses who are not present. While hearsay evidence is not admissible in court and can be relevant and valuable in a workplace investigation where the burden of proof is less robust than in a court case. All right, I'm up to number 12, physical evidence. As would be expected, evidence that is in the form of a tangible object, such as a firearm, fingerprint, rope, a weapon, tire cast, these are all considered physical evidence. Physical evidence is also known as real or material evidence and can be presented in court as an exhibit of a physical object. Okay? Um, 13. Prima facie evidence, meaning on its first appearance okay this is evidence presented before trial that is enough to prove something until it's successfully disproved or there's a rebuttal trial okay so it's also known as presumptive evidence okay number 14 statistical evidence evidence that uses numbers you know i i love this one because it has to do with math Statistical evidence to support a position is called statistical evidence. This type of evidence is based on research or polls. You know, a lot of times when they do the DNA testing, they do the blood testing, they'll give you 
that the chances that this was anyone other than the defendant was 1 in 10 million. That's statistical evidence. Number 15, and this is our final one, testimonial evidence. One of the most common forms of evidence, this is either spoken or written evidence given by a witness under oath. It can be gathered in court or at a disposition or through an affidavit. So that was awesome. You know, and it, it was a bit of a recap. You pick up a lot of these terms. If you are a big uh, watcher of the CSI or even the true crime television shows, um, and if these fascinate you, um, maybe there's an inner investigator inside of you. So what I suggest is do a little bit more research, find out a little bit more. And it doesn't hurt just to be aware of how the court and the laws and the system works. Should you ever get in trouble or should you ever need to prove a case? Okay. I hope you found this intriguing. I did. Um, and I hope you will continue to join us for our A to Z STEM alphabet. And until next time, thanks for joining us. Bye for now.